Nerds International proudly presents. Boo! Ha <laughs> ha! If it's non-stop thrill rides like that you like, then I suggest you buckle up and strap in, dear listener, because it's time to dive back into the domains of dread. <laughs> yes, it's time for another episode of Ravenlord. A DCC actual play featuring Grimald and the butler. It's about to get so spooky you're going to need plastic covers on your chairs! <laughs> Welcome back to our DCC RPG actual play Ravenlord. This is our continued adventures in Ravenloft. Say hello everyone. Hello, Hello everyone. <laughs> right, so let's do some quick character introductions, starting with you, Nick. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, who, are you, who are you playing? I who? am playing Grimold, uh, rubbish wizard. And uh, <laughs> what, what sort of background has he got? What's his... Okay, so Grimold is a lord. He's quite an elderly gentleman now. He's a little hobbit. Uh, he finds himself in a strange land with his uh, trusty uh, companion. Um, yeah, pretty much just a just a little. Little Lord in the yes. wrong land. And James, how about you, mate? I'm playing the butler. Uh, I'm Grimald's butler. And um, yeah, pretty much I had amnesia. And I've uh, just been, I've, I've been in uh, under Grimald's wing for a few years now. So mm -hmm. Lovely. Well, that's about it for a character <laughs> intro. So let's get on with a bloody adventure. Shall we? Grimald and the butler, you are currently journeying through Ravenloft, an unfamiliar plane of dread, searching for a powerful dark lord known as Strahd von Zerovich. The reason that you search for this man is because you are told he tried many times to escape this realm and may be able to help you, although you are informed that he is irrevocably evil. So far, you have only been in Ravenloft a short time, and yet, it has been grimly eventful. You have defeated a demi-lord, befriended a talking skull named Daniel Irwin, who you attached to a walking stick, and just recently you were outran a pack of hideous black wolf-like creatures, only to find yourselves in the den of their masters, two lycanthropes known as Bonert and Abdin, who fed on anyone who dared to pass through the dark woodlands they called their home even going so far as to keep a surplus of spare butchered victims for future meals in their basement. Now, having defeated those snarling beasts in their own forest cabin and feasted on a joint of mysterious meat, a few hours have passed, and Grimald, you've made good on your threat to wear the monster's fur as a jacket. As you stand in what is a relatively cosy cottage, complete with a fireplace and pleasant couches, you now don a coat made from thick fur the head of the werewolf coming over yours like a hood, and Abdin's flattened dead arms making a very expensive looking lapel. Look at me. Daniel speaks up and he says, So uh, we, the next place we gotta head to is Corvia, and then from there we gotta head south and keep going to Strad von Zerovich's uh, castle, Castle Ravenloft. So mm -hmm. is there anything you guys want to do before we leave this place? Well, um, we should probably find our clothes. Oh yeah, I got so wrapped up in my fetching new cloak, I forgot I ain't wearing any undergarments. Yeah, because I would like you to cover up your little uh, beans there, because uh, looking at those is the most horrific thing I've ever seen in well, Ravenloft, and that's saying at, something. At least we have them. 
Oh, that's a bit. That's right, go find go find your butler in clothes. You've clearly lost your place. Yeah, that that hurts, man. Come on, just 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 have have a look around. See if you can find your goddamn clothes. There's no need to. No need to say such stinging things. See if you can find Daniel a little hat while you're at it. <laughs> okay, sir. <laughs> that would be nice. Keep his head warm. Okay. Butler, give me an intelligence roll to see if you can uh, find some clothes. Eleven. Looking around the hut, you find a chest around the size of a bathtub tucked away in the corner of the main portion of this cottage. It's old, clearly by the discolouring on the wood but it's held together by slightly rusty metal bands. There is the ever-so-slight smell of nasty body odour emanating from within the kist. Hmm. What we found? I'm not sure. I'm just going to open it and have a look. Upon opening the coffer, you are met with an assortment of tools and apparatus. Among these are an assortment of clothes too, including your old butlering clothes, which are now quite battered. And... Among the other clothes, you can see that these belong to men, women, and some of the attire is strangely shaped, not resembling any humanoid you've ever seen. Some have four holes for arms, and some of the shirts have no hole for a head to go through. Or, thinking about it, they may just be trousers. That stench of stale sweat heightens, of course, as you open the chest. Oof. What's that smell? Ah, these clothes must be never washed. Smells like poopy. Does a bit, yeah. It is at this point, Grimald, that you realise that this is the stink of old perspirants and the weapons and seemingly useless junk that you see in the chest. This is gear belonging to adventurers. The useful things that you find are as follows. A hand axe, a short sword, a broken dagger, two ceramic cats, a baker's diddle of white powder in a brown paper bag, a red potion, a black potion, a cube of beef, a 50 meter roll of twine, a wasp in a jar, still live, and a scroll containing the spell levitate. What you found? Oh my, sir. Uh, feast your eyes upon this collection of... Is that wasp in a jar? <laughs> it, it is. I've always wanted one of them. Oh <laughs> my, my prayers have been answered. Let me have a look at that. I'm still alive at all. <laughs> You've been spending this whole time attacking people using me on a stick and and you've just found an axe and a sword and you're you're excited about a wasp in a jar. Oh yeah. It's very exciting actually. It's in a jar. That's the great thing. It's not out and about. It's in a jar. Stop shaking it like that. You're going to make it angry. <laughs> no. Oh, you, oh, okay. All right, I'll put it there. You know what, sir? It's This is the first time I've ever seen this spectacle myself. A wasp in a jar. Yes, you, it's th- fascinating. Really is. What else you got there? What else you got there? Well, check this out. Uh, I'll pass the nims. Cuba beef. Yes, yeah, very nice. Show me that bit of paper. What's that bit of paper there? Um, it, I'm not it, sure. Is that what I think it is? Grimmel, do you pick up the scroll and you can see, um, looking at the runes, that this, yes, indeed, is a scroll containing the spell Levitate. Um, the runes glow faintly as you pick this up. You've seen many scrolls in your time, in your wizard apprentice days, most of which you did fail to learn. However, um, if you give me an intelligence roll, you can try to learn this one over the next few hours. Could it be? More magic for more magical armour? Oh, I'll, I'll stay away from that. You can have that one, sir. Let's have a little look. What we got here? Yeah, you stand back. Let's uh, let the professionals have a little look here. What we got here then? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's an 18. You spend the next few hours poring over these runes, scribing them into your spell book, and eventually you do manage to learn this spell. It is now in your lexicon, and you can cast this. Yes! 
I think I've got the hang of it. I've got levitate. That's that's marvellous, sir. I'm so proud of you. Do you know what that means? What? It means I can, uh... Hold on, let me have another look here. Yep, yep. So apparently I can float and I can make our things float. <laughs> well, well, that will be a sight to see. Look, look, I'm glad you got a bunch of cool shit, but we gotta go and see Stride. We got like 50,000 killer racks left to go, and these hideous lands ain't gonna traipse through themselves, you know what I mean? He's got a point, look. Hand me that hand axe, because I'm quite handy with them. <laughs> Pun intended. Look, next stop is a town called Corvier, as I mentioned, and it's a few long stretches down south. You guys can take an opportunity there to stay in an inn, wash, for God's sake, wash. Maybe hit up some clubs and have a good time before we move on. Now we're talking. To the uncharted lands. Well, that don't fill me with uh, confidence. Well, all, all I mean by that is um, I, I never really uh, have been much further south than Corvia. Of course, I know of Castle Ravenloft, but... Uh, what, what I mean is is, is that uh, is the furthest south I've ever been. After that, you know, I ain't going to be much of a tour guide. Fair enough. All right, fair enough. Look, well, <clears throat> tell me more about this, uh, these clubs in Corvia. Ah, uh, there's, there's this place, an old converted church, man. Yeah. It, it used to be, people used to pray to gods and stuff there, but I mean, after they get attacked by wolves and vampires and boglins, uh, they don't really believe in gods anymore. So the duke there, he, he converted into into a club, and now people go there to party and, and drink so much, they forget that they've been attacked so much. Brilliant. It's, it's awesome. It's Sounds really, cool. really, really good. They play, they, they play the most banging tunes. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's sick, man. You, you're gonna love it. And Butler, you, you, can you dance? Um, yes. Yes, I can, actually, yes. Well, you're, you're, you're gonna have a whale of a time. And, and, and the cool thing is, is they, they make cocktails that would knock your goddamn balls off. Yes, well, I wouldn't like that. that. I wouldn't like that at I all. I could definitely dance. No, no, I don't mean literally. Don't. Oh, oh. Anyway, no. sir, um, here are your clothes. I think Thank it's you. about time you put them on. Fine if I have to. All right, let's go. And you guys, leave the hut. Leaving this hideous hut of death behind you. Ta-ra! And head towards Corvia. Goodbye, memories I want to forget. The journey to Corvia is gruelling, and I don't mean you drank gruel on the way, which would have been some comfort. It's a week-long trundle, at a relatively high pace, through the same boring coniferous woodlands which are so bland and repetitive they seem to repeat over and over, and what's worse, the journey has to be made in a slightly damp and bitter cold of Ravenloft countryside, all the while the biting cold nipping at your patience, and the earthy smelling mud sucking at your boots and occasionally causing them to come off. At one point during your laborious trek, Daniel insists on skirting you eastward for some time. He claims to be avoiding a city called Il Aluk, which he calls the city of the go inside and you die. This adds an extra day to what is already a bloody annoying journey. However, despite the odds, covered in mud and thankfully still mostly alive, you arrive at the city walls of Corvia, the pink moon still heavy on a dark Ravenloft night. Exiting the woodlands and marching along a great road surrounded by tall green grass and some relatively nearby mountain ranges, you see the great imposing barricades of the city. They are made from a dark grey stone with a bluish tint, and a faint glow seems to emanate from within. 
a moat surrounds the city, and so the walls are bisected by an impressively large drawbridge made from heavy wood, the underside of which sports some equally impressive mould. Above the drawbridge, on the wall, stand two heavily armoured guards wearing pot helms and thick plate armour, which looks well kept. Please tell me this is it, Daniel. Yep, this is Corvia for you. Thank God for that. I am sick and tired of walking. Yes. I'm soaked beyond soaked. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we're all a bit tired. I mean, not that I've done any walking. I'm just a head on a stick, but... Exactly. Uh, All you do is suggest long cuts, which are meant to be short cuts. Oh, we've got to avoid this town. We'd surely die. Look, if you walk through Illaluk, unless you're undead, you die immediately. So you you got got me to thank for that. All I've done is put up with you guys moaning for a goddamn week, so shut the fuck up, will you? Oh, oh. (laughs) sorry. Someone woke up on the wrong side of bed. (laughs) And as you guys stand here arguing, one of the guards on the wall goes, Hello. Oh, hello. Uh... Good day, sir. Introduce me, partner. Uh, good day, sir. You are in the presence of the mighty Lord Grimald. I'm not. Can't say I've ever heard of you. Name's Todd. Nice to meet you. And this, uh, this here, me partner, this is Carson. And the other one goes, All right. Greetings, Todd. And also Carson. How be you? Yeah, we're absolutely fine. Look, uh, before you come into Corvia, we've got to ask you guys a few questions. A few, uh, shall we say, security uh, questions. All right, all right. We can do that. Okay, have you ever had any of the following diseases? Blood lung, the withering shivers, the omega virus, lycanthropy, love sickness, vampirism, pain in the arse, zombie, achy breaky heart, or the plague? Uh, that's quite... no. Cause I have. No. And then Carson speaks up and he goes, seems legit. And he goes, right, okay, next question. Have you ever been, or are you planning to turn into a criminal or a blob of man-eating jelly? <laughs> I certainly hope not. Why are you laughing? Oh, I... Jelly a big deal here, is it? No, no. Manny, jelly is not a big deal necessarily. Uh, we, I don't particularly care for it, but man-eating jelly, we've had problems with it in the past. So this is not a, a laughing matter, please, sir. Fair enough. No, I, I have no uh, urges to turn into man-eating jelly. Um, so, no. And you, sir? And he points at the butler. Oh, no, no. Sorry for laughing, but... No, no, no. He does that when he's nervous. Yes, and the final question, do you have the urge currently to murder, rob, steal, or do any, um, uh, shall we say, forced love? No. <laughs> Thank you. And at this, you see him pull a lever on the top of the wall, and the drawbridge comes down. And you can now enter the town of Corvia. Here we go. Finally. Some comfort. Hopefully. Come on, Daniel, what way? What do you mean, what way? <laughs> you, are you, did this journey make you stupider? Go across the goddamn drawbridge. What are you going to do, jump in the moat and get eaten by the piranhas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been a long, long week. All right. Look, I'll say, shut the fuck up. Go, go across the goddamn bridge. Let's go. Entering the town, you can see that this place is the height of civilization. As you stroll through, taking in the sights, you see that on every corner of the finely cobbled streets there are fluted gas lamps wreathed in ornate brass sconces, which give the winding and occasionally narrow streets a warm glow. The finely painted white buildings with their black supporting beams are punctuated by the important buildings such as the town hall and what appears to be a church 
but on the front of the church you can see some illuminated text, presumably illuminated by magic, which says the Carrion Club. And these are made of great stone blocks similar in colour to the walls of the city. Hard to miss, however, in the centre of all of this are two spires, which can be seen from almost anywhere in Corvia. Two great towers like brother and sister, one appears to be of natural origin like a great pointed rock piercing up into the heavens, and the other a man-made monument to this great natural wonder, complete with doors, windows and a platoon of armed guards out the front. As a wind passes, you hear the stony tower whistle, making a ghostly sound. Oh, oh, creepy. Well, that was, that was odd. They're big towers. Uh, don't worry about that. That's just the whistling tower, and then the other one's the, uh, it's, it's kind of where the duke of the town lives. Nice. Marvellous. It, it's, not, it's not really ghostly. It just sounds ghostly and looks really ghostly. All right. So don't worry about that. It's just, uh, you know, it's not ghostly. It will... It's misleading. It's misleading, yeah, okay. but it's, it brings in the tourism. I see. I see. I'd say yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'll be pleased with any type of civilization after looking for wo- at wood for days. So what are we doing? We going? We going to the club? We go? <laughs> we, we, we going to? We going to stay in an inn? Not dressed like this. No, no. I think we should uh, see if we can uh, uh, rekindle our. I have attire. a reputation to r- retain. Let's get some clothes. What? Well, you you want to go to the tailors? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I need a suit some making okay so it's just down that street to the left and then take a right and you, you'll find you find the tailors down there you're saying it like you ain't coming with us <laughs> come on silly right quickly I'll stink heading down a few winding streets you find a uh, building that has um, some wooden beams supporting it and painted white exactly like the rest of the buildings but it has a beautiful glass front face and in the window you can see some amazingly tailored suits of all varying different colors and this place it looks amazing it's clean it's not scary like the rest of Ravenloft and on the front you can see that it says Grungus's fine suits here we go oh my that's what I'm talking about right let's get in here speak this Grungus see what he's got for us opening the door the shop bell greets you um, and it, it dings as you go in. And Good day. behind the counter, you can see that there is a portly man who has some sort of dark skin and a bald head. He wears a monocle and he greets you in also wearing a very, very fine suit himself. And he goes, ah, come in, come in. My name is Grungus. Hello, Grungus. Pleasure to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you. It seems that you come to me wearing the most tatty of disgusting robes. Well, we've been through a lot. We've been um, on a long journey. Yes, we've uh, encountered many, many, uh, many, many bad things. And, well, as you can tell, we've come in here to... Hold on, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. We are but weary travellers. <laughs> That's what you used to say. Uh-uh. Yes, a cliche line if I have ever heard one before, but... I was ha- reached here as well, is it? Look, I have, I have had a look at your... Um, shall we say state yeah have you money because these suits i am not a charity have i money <laughs> i'm a lord my friend yes this year in the presence of sir lord grim sir lord yes sir king lord king grim <laughs> um, i see yeah look we um do not take a credit here no, we're not, not looking for credit. I'm Is my coin good enough? I rat away my coin pouch in front of him. Ah, 
sir, Sir King Lord Grimlord. Come here, please. <laughs> Would you like a tea? I warn you now, I am quite frowsy. I know not word frowsy, but come in. So what suit are you gentlemen looking for? Well, you see this. Mm-hmm. Oh, he just needs a, no, a new butlering yes. suit. Yes. Ah, butlerings. And, and you need to make him look <laughs> fabulous. What do you think in purple? Purple, yes. Ah, man of fine taste. We have we have beautiful purple suit. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, you. Mm. And you see him sort of um, coming up to you both, even just sitting there. Usually you stand to be measured, but this guy, he just he just sort of measures you, getting a little bit too close to the peen. Careful. And, and he's like, no, this is just part of the measuring. Don't worry. I have, okay. I have touched the tip of many a man. Do not worry. And he comes up and he starts measuring you guys, and he's like, ah. I have just the thing. And you see him whip round to the back and he comes out and he brings out a fine, beautiful suit. And it's got this amazing ruff to the front that looks like the chest of a, a fine pheasant. My, my, my. And this suit, it looks expensive. It looks beautiful. If you enter any ball, you would be the cock of the walk. Wowzers. May I, actually, before I put this replendant suit on, I think that's how it said. May I trouble you for a bathing? Oh, yes. You don't have to do it yourself, but Good have point. you the oh. facilities? Daniel speaks up and he's like, What are you talking about? This isn't a bathing shop. I need a wash before I put my new suit on. We'll go somewhere else. We'll soil it. All right, all right. Well, could we, could whilst, um, hmm, yes, this, this is true. Is there a public bath here? Oh, Grungus. Uh, there is not a public bath, um... Just, you need to stay at an inn if you wish to have a bath. What are you guys, um... Look, I I need not to cast dispersions on those who spend money with me, but... Are you... Uh, special? Well, you see, we've, we've, we've hit it hard for the past, I can't remember how long. And it's been a long time since we've interacted with anyone who's not trying to kill us. So, apologies for yeah, uh, our manners. We are foreigners in, a, in an unknown land. Ah, I see. So, you know not the technology of our ways. Exactly. Ah, well, I can offer you something, some great technology. And you see him duck behind the counter and pull something out and he goes, This, my friends, who's that in? Is a tissue. You can use it ah. to wipe away the dirt. Just wipe it away. Yes. Um, right. I'll drop my trousers and go, get to it then, butler. Right you are, sir. <coughs> ah. Ooh. The butler, you wipe away a um, some of the dirt from, from Grimmel's um, legs and crotchal region. It's okay, but within seconds the tissue is completely soiled. And can we trouble you for one more? <laughs> Yes, um, Grungus hands you one more, but you see him giving you a look like um, you, like when you've seen two wagons have an accident um, by the side of the road and you have to drive past it. Um, he's looking at you with sort of a grim horror on his face. <laughs> and he's like, yes, uh, another dish. Look alive. Uh, anything for a paying customer. <laughs> but I'll continue. <laughs> so uh, the price for and then he, he sort of goes along to a rack pulls out a butler suit and he goes so the price for these two suits um, I will charge uh, 150 gold pieces uh, um, 150 large yes okay yes so uh, shall we shall we do the deal all that for 150 gold yes uh, fine but please uh, customers can see you Wiping the 
legs. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, I'm done. Um, you want me to get my bum out your window? Yes, please. Okay, okay, sorry. We just had to say, didn't you? There is a changing room out the back. Perfect. Coming in, boys. You head out to the back of the changing rooms and change into your new resplendent robes. You now look clean-ish, but <laughs> certainly well-dressed. Yes. And now, you stand outside the front of Grungus's tailors, and you are now in Corvia proper. As you stand out the front, you are approached by a hooded figure. He strides with purpose towards you, ignoring everyone else who's currently out in the streets. It appears that he's just looking for you. His purple cloak billows behind him and shows no obvious signs of wear, although it does glisten as the moonlight bounces off the folds. The heavy hood of this man's cloak does cast a shadow over his face, but you can see a strong, boxy jaw emanating from within the cloth cave and some rather well-tailored suitery adorning his light frame. He begins to speak in a hushed tone. Listen, I'm extremely lonely. Would you care to join me for dinner tonight? And who might you be? He hands you a card, and on it, it says Duke Sondheim Thirteenth, ruler of Corvia, address the big tower in the middle of the city. And with that, he swoops his cloak around and runs into the night. Well, that was mysterious, wasn't it? Show me that card. There it is. Read me that card. Um, well, it says, Duke Douglas Sondheim Thirteenth, ruler of Corvia, address the big tower in the middle of the city. Is that, is that the one you're talking about, Daniel? Daniel, what are you making that? Yeah, that's, that's the ruler. I don't know why the fuck he was dressed up like a shitty thief, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's him. Right, so it looks like we've got dinner sorted. <laughs> Shall we go to the inn and actually wash? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're going to, we'll go get washed. And then and we're going to have some dinner with this noble. Be nice to, to hobnob with another noble again. And then what? After that, we hit the club. Like, uh, like a dirty old uh, 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 something. <laughs> I can't wait. It <laughs> sounds splendid. Daniel? Yeah? This might be the most fun I've had since I've entered this shithole of a world. Yeah, this place is pretty cool. Uh, but but um, don't get too excited. We're not at the club yet. Right, Daniel, where be the inn? Oh, little, little uh, life-sucking party pooper. I oh, know, Buzz Killington over here. <laughs> okay, Ian, uh, turn me around. Here we go. That way. Okay, sweet. Let's go. Let's hit that. Let's hit that in. guys head over to the inn, pay for a nice bath, get all washed up, lathered up, and it is amazing. For the first time, you feel the gunk coming off your hair, and it is thick. By the time you're finished with that water, the water is black and feels more consistent to mud than it does to water. But afterwards, you head to the tower to see that its base and the hench oaken door of the spire is guarded by a platoon of heavily armoured and bespear-wielding people. As you approach, take a glance up at the tower and its nearby sister tower they seem even more imposing close up dizzying with their overwhelming height and one of the guards regards you and taking a step forward she begins to converse with you good afternoon hello we're here for dinner sorry i meant evening oh god it really does get boring i was full i was asleep in my pot helm <laughs> okay so uh, we're here for dinner could you uh, let us in <laughs> 
let you in. I'm supposed to guard this place. I don't just let people in nearly willy. We got an inv- we got, <laughs> got invitation. Less than a willy. We got an invitation. Hold up the card to her face. Ah, sorry. Yes, you're the you're the newcomers. Yeah. yeah that's how I, I did think I hadn't seen you here before, but my eyesight isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I can relate to that. Listen. Okay, I'll show you in. Come in, guys. I'm Thanks. Zoe, by the way. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, sir. This is Lord Grimm. Nice to meet you, Lord Grimm. And your name is? The butler. And your name is? Butler. Ah, you're strange folk. Uh, just this year. Yeah. Anyway, um, right, this way. Thank you. And she opens this heavy oaken door and heads inwards. And as you do so, following this guard, Zoe, you head into a foyer covered in purple carpets so thick it feels as if you're walking on a cloud. Mm. There is a multitude of doors flanking you on either side, painted in dark crimson, and the walls are an unprepared grey stone. Between the doors, you notice several portraits of a man framed in gold. The figure sports a high blonde haircut, probably achieved using some kind of frog gel, and he has an arrogant smile and strong boxy jaw. In almost all of the paintings, he wears regal finery, and he's pictured in some with a young girl, probably no older than ten. She has the same blonde hair and wears equally fine clothing. But one art, perhaps the biggest, depicts the man in gold-rimmed armour fighting a mighty battle against a war party of knife-wielding gnomes. In this dramatic artwork, he is toe-punting a tiny gnome like a sports ball, sending it flying through the air with another diminutive victim on the end of his ornate sword. Meanwhile, the squadron of gnomes sprint angrily towards him. Reaching the end of the hallway, you are shown through a large wooden door, red, much like the others. It leads to a cold stone spiral staircase which appears to go up quite some distance. The guard, Zoe, points to the end of the stairs with a mailed hand and says, Go in there, take a right continuously for about five minutes, and you'll find the Duke's Banquet Hall on the 25th floor. Oh. 25th floor? Yeah, it's 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 quite a way. I mean, it, you, know, you know what the worst thing is? The worst thing is when he orders a cup of tea and I have to take it up 25 stairs. I, I trip up so often I burn myself hideously. Oh. <laughs> oh, are you his butler? Well, you know what happened is he used to have a butler, and somebody, not naming any names tripped up and stabbed him to death right okay. so now story. somebody not naming any names has to serve the duke his tea nice guy this duke yeah oh he's he's lovely he really is except for he does do appropriate punishments pretty well and i i i mean somebody accidentally killed his butler while falling down 25 flights of stairs whilst holding a sword i see mm. take note butler Yes, if I want to kill someone, go up twenty-five steps, fall down it, yeah. and yeah, so look, it was an honest mistake. I, 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 somebody accidentally killed the butler. Okay, somebody, a wink, yeah, wink. We get, it. we get you, wink, wink. Look, Zoe, no one's blaming you. Look, it's the butler's motto. Your okay, I did it. Okay, I did it. I killed the butler. Okay, but it was an honest mistake. Fine, as long as you don't kill my butler, we'll be fine. Just don't be on the same staircase as me that's all I'm saying they're, they're Do, awfully tricky oh, Zoe it's been a pleasure you lovely lady I think well you look like under that helmet she pulls up her helmet and you can see that it is a just an absolute mess of scars and burns and she oh my god what you're, you're shockingly lovely thank you very much welcome now put that helmet back on because you get sunburned Oh, thank you. It's so kind. No worries. She puts the helmet back on and you see her march back towards the front door. Charming. 
Uh, sir, would you like me to carry you the rest of the way? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would actually. Yeah, please. Give me a stamina roll, please, Butler. Thirteen. You do manage to carry him about halfway before, but getting completely exhausted. Um, so you're gonna take two levels of fatigue. <laughs> fuck it, fuck. Put me down. Don't burn myself. Um, it is an absolutely hideous journey. The stairs are uneven, badly made. This is a very, very long journey up the stairs, and it's made no easier by having someone else on your back. <laughs> you are a sweaty mess. Your hair unkempt by the time you reach the 25th floor. I'm going to try and sort myself out before we enter. You brush your hair back, um, wipe some of the sweat off your brow, and you're now standing outside this large resplendent door. I will go to open it. You open the door, and the room you enter into is utterly remarkable. So high up, and it appears whoever built it chose to capitalise fully on this. Its windows are huge and reach nearly all the way down from the floor to the 20 foot high ceiling, giving a breathtaking view of the countryside where you were attacked and nearly killed by wolves and skeletons recently. <laughs> the furnishings in the grand banquet hall, which take up an entire floor, are also wholly extravagant. The table is made of solid marble, which immediately makes you call to mind the poor bugger who had to carry that up 25 floors. <laughs> the carpets are luscious and bouncy, brightly coloured, and not one, but three crystalline shadows chandeliers hang from the ceiling. The chairs surrounding the dining area appear to be gold in colour with coral-coloured upholstery, giving each of them the appearance of a miniature throne. And at one end of the table, sitting opposite a number of fragrant and exotic dishes, one of which being a pheasant with a pineapple up it, you see the gentleman from the paintings downstairs. He sports the same high hair and cocky smile, but now he wears a purple suit. It looks to be made from rich velour, but it's so tight-fitting it looks as though he may burst out of it, and he stands to greet you. You see the unmistakable outline of his duke hood. Your His Highness, Lord Grimald of Grimalton. Gentlemen, he says, smiling broadly and indicating to two seats near him. So good to have you here. Please take a seat. Have some delicious food. We have pineapple up a pheasant, hydra head, boiled cabbage, pressure cooked coconut boar, duck surprise, and we have wine too. He motions to a number of carafes on the table. <laughs> I go over to, and I I seat Lord Grimm as a butler would. Thank you. It is absolutely wonderful to have guests, I must say. Oh, Lord, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe the cretins in this town. I can only imagine. Do you know what? It's lovely to be a guest again. Can I just say, I absolutely love what you've done with this place. You, butler. Yeah? You may have a seat as well. You may join us for dinner. You can sit down. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Go on, sit down. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. He carried me halfway out with a blessing. <sighs> Please, eat, eat. I, 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 this food is not just for me. Thank you. I would uh, love to have a bit of that pheasant pineapple. It's a pineapple up a pheasant is the name of the dish. That's the one. May I? Oh, but I know you've yes. just sat, but would you be so kind? What would you like, sir? A bit of everything. A bit nice, okay. yeah. I'm going to uh, serve a plate perfectly presented. In a double wine as well. And a, and a large glass of wine. Lovely. Butler, you serve up some food to Grimald, and uh, you can see that the Duke starts serving himself as well, um, just sort of mashing a bunch of stuff onto his plate. And he says, Ah, isn't this the life? Good company, good food. Good conversation. Mm -hmm. Sir, sir. sir. Yeah. What? Don't, don't, don't. What? Don't speak with a mouthful. No, I know, but I'm so hungry. Come on. 
right. And you can see that the, Duke, right. the Duke is nibbling at his food politely while you stuff your face, and he's just like, "Yes, as I mentioned, the cretins in this town. I've had some of them round for dinner, and the conversation is, uh, how should we say, lacking." Tell me, Duke. <coughs> Excuse me. Tell me, Duke. So this all your dominion? It certainly is. It certainly is. And, and I tell you what, being a duke, it's such hard work. Yes. All they ever do, all they ever do. Oh, I complain because because uh, everyone's getting the plague. And then you chuck all of the corpses out of the town because the plague's corpses are giving people the plague. And then everyone complains, oh, you're not giving proper burials to the dead. And so you put up the taxes so you can get people proper medication. And then people complain, oh, God, you know, you, you, you're taking all of our money and now we can't afford food. And so you lower the taxes and then people start getting the plague again. Oh, what? People are never happy. So you build a club out of the church so that people can dance, so they can forget their woes. And then people complain, oh, we've got nowhere to pray. Uh, July 8. Whingy poor people. Exactly. Ridiculous. I hate all of them equally. Yeah. And, And you know what? You know what's the worst of it? All I want to do is be popular. Oh. That's it. That's all. That is all. And, and I've tried my best to make them like me, and they just won't. I can't even leave this this spire without wearing a hooded robe. And even that, they recognize me because I wear a bright purple one. But I tell, I tell the guards downstairs, no, I won't wear a tatty one. Look, I, thing is, right, if I've learned anything from being a lord, I've learned that people will always come at you. Unfortunately, sometimes you've got to disguise yourself a little bit. If you want to disappear, as it were. I used to do it. I sneak out of my castle quite a lot. Uh, dressed as a uh, a dog. Well, that's a good idea. You see, I suppose my problem is that I always go out wearing really, really resplendent clothes. And then yeah. they recognise me. Even the hood I wear, is, is it, it costs me... F- um, carry the one... Thousand gold pieces. Well, uh, I know whoa, whoa. that golden crusted crest of yours is a big giveaway as well. Ah, uh, the Sondheim family crest. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, well, I'm not going to go out without that, am I? Well, if you want to blend in, I'm sorry, sorry if this is rude of me, but if you want to blend in, you're going to have to. Perhaps you could have the inside made of 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 resplendent garments, but the outside to be made to look tattered. Paff, popping cock and butt. Got a good point. Oh. You I could wish... build one that's reversible. Ah. Ah. Almost like a camouflage. I'm sorry, you, um, you're making a few noises. You, do you have something caught in your throat? Do you want no, to... I just, I just, I really hate dressing down. I mean, what, why get to a point in your life where you, where you can enjoy the finer things and have to dress down simply to go to the shops or go out dancing? He's got a very good point. Yes, yes. He's it's, got it's a very ridiculous. good point. I, I, I can't go out without without being the victim of a lynching. I specifically made a law against lynching me. Um, I've just ever thought about perhaps popularity and how you could increase it. Well, it's funny that you should say this because tomorrow I'm doing a public execution to get all the people on side. People love an execution. And you two, I'll give you free tickets if you like. Well, I haven't been to a public execution in a long time. And they're great fun. And the the good thing about all of this is then you two and me, we can be best friends. Okay. Best friends in the world. (laughs) 
that sounds splendid. Who are you executing? The man due to be executed is this proselytising religious nipwit called Mavis, who's been going around spreading all sorts of annoying bloody rumours, saying my family will doom this town and blah blah, and you'll never guess the idiotic thing this man believes. I mean, get this. I caught him standing on a crate in the middle of town, yelling about how my great-great-great-great-grandfather, Duke Edward Sondheim III, made a grim and dark deal with a chaotic power from the 417th level of hell, and as he withered away in old age, he begged this shadowy figure for everlasting life, and supposedly this dark power agreed, but only for something in return, of course, and he required the actual real skulls of twelve descendants of old Edward I, and the skull of one female descendant, and then once all of these were collected together, the dark power would once again visit the body of the original duke in the family crypt up in the mountains, and bring him back to life eternally. So this imbecile thinks that when my daughter Daisy and I die, we'll bring about this big shadow monster and skeleton Edward, and they'll lay waste to this town. And oh, and another thing! He's been going around telling everyone that when the original Duke died, instead of being buried, he had his skull removed and gold-plated, and it sits up there in the family crypt among all the coffins. <laughs> Religious nuts. Yeah, I know! Ridiculous! Ridiculous idiot. Religion, yeah, yeah, idiot. Yeah, so, well, so tomorrow we're having that idiot beheaded. Ha <laughs> ha! show him! <laughs> what about the other one? I mean, the ridiculous thing is, it, my my uh, my great great grandfather's skull wasn't gold plated; it was silver plated. <laughs> Idiot! Oh, oh dear! <laughs> How's your health? Huh? How's your health? Oh, you know, I've got a bit of pain in the old lungs, but uh, other than that, I'm perfectly fine. But Daisy, she's 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 perfect. My daughter, she's good. Good health. Good yeah. Health. I mean, uh, that that guard Zoe, she's awfully clumsy, but uh, but as long as I keep Daisy away from her, we'll be all right. Got a point, yeah, yeah. Hideously, hideously disfigured, poor Zoe. Yeah, she spilled she spilled a cup of hot oil on herself, oh. falling down the stairs. Oh goodness, mate. Um, but a little bit more wine, please, mate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you pour another glass of wine for Grimald, and Grimald, you knock it back, calming your nerves a little bit. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah. Execution tomorrow? Yeah, what time? Well, first thing in the morning. Ah, I was hoping to go to the club tonight. No, no clubbing for you tonight. We've got an execution first thing. Oh. But you're more than welcome to stay here. Oh. Tonight. Okay. Have a nice sleep. Yeah. I do like it. Well, I must say, are the, are the chambers much to the decor of this chamber? <coughs> oh, God. You all right? Good pheasant. Yeah. Yes, uh, no, the chambers are fine. Lovely chambers. Lovely. What are the, uh, and what, big, big fluffy cushions? Yeah, oh, the fluffiest. <laughs> oh, you've made up my mind. I made them out of the hair of the townsfolk. Um. Well, no, it was to their benefit. I shaved their hair and then paid them for it, so they got extra money. You see, it was to gain popularity. Oh. They, they said it was degrading. See, they don't know what they want. So what's the current opinion of you by the, by the lowly people, then? Mixed, but hopefully the execution should gain me a lot of popularity. I'd get back on track, wouldn't it? Exactly, a lovely public event. And then we can go to the club after that big party. Yeah. No. Well, that sounds brilliant, Daniel. Faults. Uh... Oh, by the way, before you get scared, I've got a talking skull. Yeah, uh, nice to meet you, by the way. I was keeping quiet because I didn't want to spook the joke. 
But, uh, hey, uh, Joke, uh, uh my name's Daniel, uh, I just wanna say, um, do you think there might be some truth in the things those, that priest was, uh, saying? No, 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 not at all. Dude, the ramblings of a madman. Our family crypt up in the, uh, up in the mountains there. It's, it's all kosher, all normal. Just a silver skull sitting amongst a bunch of coffins. Not the, hurting anyone. The only reason the 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 Duke Duke Sonheim the first wanted his skull silver plated was because he was mad. Go, oh, oh my god, this guy's a real schmoigel. Well, 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 well. Okay, well, public execution first thing in the morning. Uh, so I suppose we better go to bed. You guys. After the meal, head over to some lovely, lovely guest chambers up on the 27th floor. And whilst there, you feel as if these beds are eating you. And not in like a raven loft way, I mean like in a nice way. They are extremely, extremely comfortable. Extremely comfortable. It's like sleeping on a cloud. wonderful cloud. Butler. Yes. Psst, Daniel. Yes. Yo. Uh. Look, I don't want to talk out of turn by our kind guest, but is the Duke a bit mad? I don't think the Duke's mad. I just think he's, uh, he's, he's fucking delusional, man. He does, he, as I said before, every single domain in Ravenloft is plunged into Ravenloft because of some kind of evil, okay? I reckon yeah. it was that Duke the first doing that deal. Yeah. Which bought Corvia here in the first place. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I, I think because it's like 13 generations later, he doesn't know the original story. And he just thinks this religious guy is, is not so. But in truth, it probably is the truth. Okay, just bear that in mind, you two. Alright? Don't let him die. God's sake. Because yeah. otherwise, uh, I didn't really like what he was talking about. Butler, what do you think? Think uh, we go along with the ride? I think we should try and find this prisoner now. Right now? Yes. See if we can have a face-to-face. Get more out of him before he gets... deaded. Yes. Not a bad idea. How sneaky are you? Quite. Good. All right, then. Before we go to bed, let's have a mini-quest. Let's find this prisoner and see if we can talk to him. Quietly, though. Quietly. Come on. So, um, both of you give me sneak rolls to sneak out of your room at night. I got a 26. And I got a 7. Butler, you move out of the room, barely even making a sound, whilst Grimald, as you just barrel out of the room, you just sort of clumsily barge through the door. And as you do so, the Duke is standing right in front of you, and he just goes, Evening? And you can see him wearing some sort of uh, evening gown, and he just goes, Going somewhere? Yeah, um, I had the sudden urge to do a big poo. I didn't want to ruin that toilet. I was hoping to go downstairs and use servants. Ah, uh, no, there's no need, really. Um, simply use the chamber pot in your room and Zoe will be by in the morning to clean it. It could be quite monstrous. No, please. Okay, you sure? Use the chamber pot in your room. Will do, thank you. Anyway, butler, come on, no bum cleaning required. Let's go And back. as you say this, he, you point out the fact that the butler is behind him. And he goes, he turns around and he goes, Ah! Oh, he's always with me. Ah, going somewhere as well, are we? No, I was going to wipe his bottom. Well, Lord doesn't wipe his own bottom. This is not a mansion for sneaking around in. Oh, we, 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 we wouldn't dream of it. No, no, no. We're merely looking for a more uh, lowly place to, 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 to do one's business. Uh, well, I find it extremely impolite that you would not poop in a gold-gilded chamber pot. It is so beautiful, 
uh, joke, that's all. But now we've cleared that up, as I said, I am a foreigner mm. in a foreign land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, good night. Good night. And then you see him just sort of say through the keyhole, he goes, Nighty night. I shiver. <laughs> oh, fuck. And then Daniel's like, I don't like this one bit. Now, all of a sudden, the atmosphere's become very eerie. Uh, is there a window in this room? Yeah, you can see that there is, in fact, a window in this room, but you are on the 27th floor. <laughs> How strong's your twine, butler? <laughs> um, strength uh, is, is, is probably quite good, but the length is the main problem. Yeah, this is only 50 metres long, the twine that you found in the hut earlier. Would it be conceivable, though, if I was to wrap the twine around your midriff and lower you down? So you I'm might be able to, to get an eyeball of what's going on. So I'm going to stop you right now. No, it won't. Daniel, <laughs> fancy being an inverted periscope? Oh, that's a marvelous idea. That's a great idea. Where, 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 where are you going to point me? Well, I'm going to hang you down and slowly lower you past all some windows and uh, you have a look-see and then we'll hoik you back up and you can tell us what you see. Great idea. Okay, uh, wrap the twine around me. Will do. But uh, if you would, be so kind. Yeah, I'm going to put it through his nostril... Um, <laughs> his nostril skeleton face. Yeah, you wrap the twine into his nostrils and he's like, oh, really funny. I, I see what you've done there. You know, you could have just put it around the stick that I'm currently on, but you, you decided to put it around my nostrils. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. And then I'll undo it and put it around the stick. Yeah, more, it's more streamlined now, that's it. You see, now you got extra length. There we go. Okay, put me out the window, lower me down. Very, very quietly. Right a second, uh, before we do this, um, could you please just um, slam your jaw together? I want to see how audible it is. Good. Right. If something as bad is happening, start. Great idea. And we whip, whip you back up like no one's Got business. it. Okay. Right. You open the window up, and who's lowering him down? It'll be uh, Butler. I'm going to keep an eye on it, and then Butler's just going to yeah, slowly, slowly drop him down. Okay. So, Butler, you begin to lower Daniel, your skull companion, down. And as he's going down, he's like, "Okay, seen the first window. Uh, it looks Shh, memorize it. Memorize it. Okay." You begin to lower him down, and as you do so, he passes the first window, and he doesn't shatter his teeth. Yeah. He passes the second window, doesn't shatter his teeth. He passes the third window, and he goes, nothing. Oh, quick, 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 get him up, get him up, get him up. I'll him up as fast as possible. Okay, yeah, 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 the Duke's army. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, who's in there, their banquet hall? He was drinking, and he, 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 he mouthed to me. He said, what are you doing? <laughs> what did you tell him? I said, nothing. Good. Right. He, look, that guy definitely knows we're up to something. We're in big trouble here, guys. Oh, my God. That was embarrassing. We look like criminals. <laughs> quick, quick, get back to bed if the uh, Duke's seen us. Yes, quickly, sir. And may I suggest something really quickly? If What's you, that? If you use your new spell, Levitate, on Dan, then we can pretend that he did it himself and we are unaware. Uh, oh, you, you're going to throw me under the bus. Yes, well, we have to do that anyway. Quick, 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 quick. Dad, just say you're suicidal. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never done this spell before. What if it goes wrong? Just give it a go. Uh, all right. Uh, levitate. 20. Okay, unfortunately, this, this spell is so powerful that everyone in the room begins to levitate simultaneously. You are all now floating in the air. Oh, shit. 
I'm gonna try and just get lay, me down. I'm gonna try and lay like a plank and pretend I'm asleep. Yeah, I'll do the same. I'll be like, oh shit. Oh. The Duke knocks on your door, and then the door opens, and he comes in and goes, "What on earth is going on in here? Wake up!" Where am I? What was it? Why am I flying? Oh my! Ah! Oh my! Okay, so first of all, I see you sneaking around like thieves in the night, and then I see your skull floating around in the banqueting hall while I'm having a midnight cap, and then I see I come in here to see you all floating. What? What is this? It's, it's slate floating. Daniel, was this you again? Dan. Uh, yeah, I done it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a magic skull. I'm actually a magic item, and uh, I I just like to say that um that sometimes uh, the magic seeps out of me, and uh, I I can't control it. I'm really sorry. Sorry. He um, fails on his personality check, <laughs> and the Duke is like, I believe not a word of this. Now I'm going to lock your room from the outside, and first thing in the morning, I wish you to go. You're still, of course, welcome at the execution, but our business together is done. Oh, joke. No, I can't trust you anymore. What about best friends? I thought we were going to be best friends, but you guys, I can't trust you. No, we are. You're weird. It was an accident magic. He walks out of the room and slams the door behind him. Accident magic. Well, that's that then. And I'll get down. Where's that scroll? (laughs) After many hours, you then float back down to where you were and you sleep for the rest of the night. In the morning, your door is opened, not by the Duke, but by Zoe, and she wakes you up and she's like, Morning all! Morning Zoe! Morning. And she goes, Well, uh, I heard last night you guys was uh, floating around all all strange like... Uh, Yeah, accident. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, the Duke doesn't take kindly to people floating around, sneaking around, skulls, doing all sorts of things like that. Apparently he doesn't also take kindly to people just killing his butlers and stuff, but, you know, he's just a bit of a grumpy guy. I'm sure he'll come around, you know. Don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. Anyway, uh, you guys heading to the execution today. It's the talk of the town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you, look, Zoe, can, can you put a good word in for us with the Duke? I think we might have got off on the wrong foot. Yeah, I'll, look, I'll do my best. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try, you thanks. know. Anyway, uh, just just this way, guys, uh, down the stairs. Okay, oh, and that chamber pot needs clearing out. Um, could, uh, oh God! Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, is it right if we wait for you to go down the stairs first? Absolutely fine. And you see her head towards the stairs, and immediately starts falling down them. Oh and she's, shit! <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> ah, "Oh, say, oh, 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 mind your step!" Oh, Jesus! And she falls down all the way down to the bottom, and she's gone out of your sight almost immediately. Well, right, now it's our turn. Tread carefully then, you two. Yep. Uh, I mean, you one. Sorry, Daniel. I'll done you really tightly though, mate, I promise. You guys head out of the tower into the execution, and you are now pressed shoulder to shoulder with Corvia townsfolk. It is a crisp, cool morning. You can see your breath in Cloudon in front of you. You and the rest of the crowd look north to the rickety scaffolding erected beside the city wall. A large slovenly man in a black hood heaves an axe over his shoulder and mounts the steps to the platform atop the scaffolding. 
Waiting for him to arrive is the prisoner, presumably Mevis, his face covered in a burlap sack, his arms held securely by three men-at-arms. Even from hundreds of yards away, you can hear the prisoner's sharp intake of breath as the wooden beams creak under the executioner's heavy steps. Thirty feet above him, the 13th Duke Sondheim looks down from the city wall, wearing a suit somehow even tighter than yesterday, and on his head a thick iron crown. His daughter stands shaking beside her father, in a green dress, watching the executioner sharpen his axe. After a few moments of hushed anticipation, the executioner swings his axe in a looping motion. The severed head somehow misses the waiting basket and rolls into the crowd, which shrinks backwards to avoid it. There is a moment of stunned silence as the burlap sack falls away to reveal the dead man's face. It's the Duke's face. The dead man has the same face. All eyes turn to the stricken Duke who looks on in horror. Suddenly, the obese executioner pulls off his black hood and the crowd gasps as one. He has no face. No, instead, at the top of his neck sits a brilliant silver skull gleaming in the sun. The silver skull turns to face the duke and the sun is blotted out as a vast winged lizard descends from the sky. In a flash, it grasps the duke's screaming daughter Daisy in one of its massive claws and picks up the silver skulled executioner in the other. As it flaps ponderously upwards, the silver skull laughs ominously as the duke reaches flutely to the sky while his stunned men-at-arms are too slow to release their arrows. Oh piss! My daughter! cries the duke. What? What? What just happened? What? I think it's fairly obvious, isn't it? It's the, 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 the executioner had a silver skull and then he called in a big lizard. The big lizard stole my daughter and now they're bloody flying towards the, the crypt in the mountains. Isn't How are it you obvious? talking to me when your head's down there as well? I don't, I can't explain why the, 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 the priest had the same head as me. I can't explain that. And you were having a go at us yesterday. Look. We can't have a conversation at such distance while I'm on the walls. You're right. Uh, come up here. Coming. You guys climb up a ladder to the top of the walls, and in the distance as you as you climb, you can see that the silver skulled executioner has mounted the great flying lizard as it wings back across the city walls to drop behind the duke's mountain top keep, where the where the crypt is probably held. And the Duke starts to speak to you and he goes, Look, I'll give you a fortune in gems if you if you find my daughter and bring her back alive. Done. <laughs> good. Well, good, I guess. Fine. That's fine. Right, uh, to the to the mountain with you. Look, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of guards. Perfect. Look, so it seems that this prophecy is actually happening. I mean come on, Silver Skullman. Riding a dragon thing, whatever that is. Flying off with your daughter. Yes. Do us a favour. Don't die. Look, just killed you. I'm, no, I'm nothing if not a sceptic. I don't believe any of that num numbo jumbo. Look, he, uh, he's probably just wearing a mask. Hope so. Doesn't explain how he managed to kill you, but not kill... Right. Oh, this hurt in my head. Look, do me a favour, Duke. Don't die. All right, while we go up there. I'll stay in my room. Good idea. I'll give you Todd and Carson to show you the way to the keep, okay? Come on then, guards. Your lord needs you. And then you see Todd walk up and he's like, Alright. Alright, Todd. Let's go. Let's go. Where's Carson? Carson! Keep up! <laughs> and you see this guy sort of um, tying his shoelace and he goes, Alright, bloody hell, calm down. I'm coming. Good lad. Come on, let's go.
So you guys exit Corvia, walk through some of the plains towards the mountains, and it's a sort of few hour journey up the winding paths of the mountains. And then the guardsmen escort you through the dark echoing corridors of the keep's lowest levels. You arrive at a stout oaken door carved with the Sondheim family crest. The guards haul mightily on the iron ring and open the door with a terrible screeching noise. There you go, says Todd, motioning to the darkness beyond. Every Sondheim has been buried here. May the gods be with you. Hold on a minute. You're coming with us? No, I ain't coming with you, mate. Going in there, that's bloody suicide, mate. Um, you do understand that your duke has uh, handed you over to us, so you are with us. Listen, understand something, mate. Understand something. We just saw a silver skull bloke and a bloody lizard thing fly in there. You right. think I'm going in there? Do you want to be a hero? No, not really. No. There's lots of gems in it for you. Look, I want to be a guard. That's why I applied for guard duty. Exactly. That is why we ain't going in there. That's why right now we're going to leave. But you do understand that being a guard and uh, being uh, given to us, you are our guards. Therefore, you need to guard us. Well, me more, but yeah, he's right, he's got a point. Look, I'll say this. I'm going to go and guard the city, which is what I'm paid to do. This is beyond my pay grade. I don't go into crypts, okay? I, I deal with God in the city. I deal with asking questions and letting people for a big bridge. Yeah, exactly, mate. That's what we do. We're, we're city guards. We ain't, we ain't dealing with it. Well, you ain't adventurers. Have you seen no. what I'm wearing? Yeah, exactly. I'm a butler, not an adventurer. Yeah, so butler this all your way through this crypt. <laughs> butler your way through the crypt. That's yeah, good. good I like that. Yeah, yeah, Go on then, scram. See you later. You see both of them just run off immediately. Can't get any help these days. Well, I ain't going through first, that's for sure, so... Well, neither am I. <laughs> butler. Right, you are, sir. Thank you. Butler, you start to walk through, and at the end of the hall is a large marble vault. It is ornately built of carved stone, like what you would see in a fine graveyard. The vault is about 12 feet tall and has a large stone door set on iron hinges. The Sondheim family crest is inscribed on the door. Right, I suppose you want me to go through this one on my first as well. Well, I'll tell you what, open the door, step back, and we'll have a look what we've what we got to deal with next. You're going to do your whole routine of talking about every door you yeah, can yes. open. We'd like to discuss it first. Can I try and see if I can find any traps? Fifteen. You go up and touch the door, searching for any traps. And the door seems to fade away. And you find yourself seeing inside the chamber beyond. A ghostly figure stands where the door was, though you still feel like the invisible door is somehow still there. The ghostly figure is a mean-looking, scar-faced man in heavy royal robes and an iron crown. The Sondheim family crest hangs from a thick gold chain around his neck. The spectre points to his family crest, then to you, then vanishes. Well, that was rude. Um, yeah, 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 man, a few words of this ghost. Um. Uh, oh, well, don't let it get to ya. Um. Don't, don't let it get to ya. Um. Just breathe. That's it. We've all seen a ghost before. <laughs> Not me. No. No, I, I see. I seen vampires. I seen ghouls. I've seen phantasms, but not, not your typical everyday ghost. Well, I have. Do you know what? I even once had to do a quest and a quiz. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh. Look, 
previous quest, blah, blah, blah. Look, yeah. we gotta we gotta get in there and we gotta find this Silver Skull guy because you know what we can do with gems? We can buy a wagon and we'll be up to Strahd von Zarevich's goddamn castle in no time. And then we'll be home. And then we'll be home. Yes, all right. Daniel speaking sense. Come on. Right, are you, can you handle this at the front, butler, or do you want me to go to the front? No, it's fine, sir. Good I'll... lads, we'll get you, get your tray ready. Good. And onwards. Who's walking through the door first? Me. Okay, the butler, as you try to walk through this invisible door, you just puff into it and you, your face hits on this invisible door. <laughs> oh. What are you doing? Ah, forgot that there was actually a door here. Well, this must mean there's some kind of puzzle. If I've learned anything from these bloody places, I've known that you've got to do something before you can get further. Yes, I think the puzzle is push or pull. I'll go for a push. Go ahead, push it. Give me a strength check, please, butler. 19. You push this invisible door and you hear it creak open. But as you do so, you feel a massive shiver go through you. And you feel something get drained from your very being and immediately lose two points of luck. Well, I feel like something just came out of me. I will step back. Step back. Yes, 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 yes. Right, just stay there. What is in this room? I'm going to have a look around the room that we're currently in. As you enter the room, you can see that the vault opens into a long chamber made of large fitted stones. The left wall is lined with a succession of covered stone coffins placed at right angles to the wall. The right wall is lined with narrow, deep stone shelves. The shelves are filled with bones, some of them spilling over onto the floor. Far in the distance, large stone double doors lead out of the room. A lot of people dying to get in here, ain't they? <laughs> oh man, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Gotta make light of a sad situation. Right, so what we got? Coffins. Full of bones. Right, well, it's all about the 13th one, isn't it? So I suppose logic dictates we go have a look at that one first. Okay, so, Grimald, as you move through the room, give me a perception check, please. 12. And Butler, do the same. 13. Yeah, um, both of you notice that um, as Grimald moves through the room, his shadow is lagging. It's not quite catching up to him. And Butler, you see this as well. And then you see the shadow um, of Grim holding his axe, sort of lunging as if it's going to attack him. Sir, duck! What? Duck! Give me a reflex save, please, Grimald. Oh, God. Here we go. Ten. You immediately take six damage. You feel an axe wound hit you in the back, although there is no axe anywhere. And the butler, you see a shadow, Grimald's own shadow, attack him. It is at this point you feel the looming sense of something behind you as well, butler. And you look round to see your own shadow doing movements that are not your own. And Daniel, he starts speaking and he's, he's like, Grimald, what the hell, man? You're bleeding. Where? What, from your back? From your back, yeah. I feel like I've just been sliced by an axe. Yeah, something's going on here. What the hell? What the? Butter! Watch I'm... out! I think our shadows are attacking us somehow. I don't get it. We'll fight back! Everyone roll initiative. <laughs> Grimald, you are up first. I've got to try and use my flaming hands on Shadow Man. So I'm like, come here, Shadow Boy! Flaming hands! Quick failure. That's going to be a misfire. 1d4 random possessions of yours catch fire and burn immediately. One possession. So, you notice that your hand axe immediately catches fire and is completely useless. Oh no! It turns to ash in your hands. Ah, ouch! Shit! Next up is going to be the butler. 
I'm going to try and attack my shadow with my short sword. Okay, give me a melee attack roll, please. Uh, unnatural 20. You swing at the floor and it smashes into the stony floor. You hit the shadow dead on, but it, it reacts in no way whatsoever. Next up is going to be the shadow. It automatically hits you. Ow, dickhead, me. You take two damage as it swings your own shadowy sh short sword into your back. Same goes for Grimald. You take another two damage <gasps> as it punches you in the nuts. Oh, not me crown jewels. Sir, I think I figured something out. Go on. Well, we can't hit them. We just have to continuously dodge. Grimald, you are up next. Okay, I'm going to try and run towards the uh, next set of doors in front of us. Give me an agility roll, please. Okay. 17. You peg it and you're now at the doors on the north side of this room. Mm -hmm. You can see these great stone doors which are on the other side. Give me a strength roll to open them. 11. With an 11, you do manage to burst them open. Yeah. And you can see a square room that has two stone armchairs against each wall. Opposite you is a plain looking granite door with a single iron handle set into its center. Crossed halberds are mounted before the door and two well-worn shields bearing the Sondheim crest hang from the wall beside the halberds. The room appears to be a sitting room of some kind, perhaps used once for mourning the dead. Quick, get in here, get in here. Yes, sir. 18 for agility. The butler, you run into the room as well. The doors are currently open, but your shadows are currently with you. One thing you notice as you enter the room, however, is they do return and start acting normally as you leave the tomb room. Ooh. Get him those shut just in case. Right, you are, sir. You've shut the doors behind you, and as you stand in this room, you can sort of see that this, yeah, this room is just kind of a morning room with, with sort of stony couches mm -hmm. if uh, if something made of stone can be called a couch <laughs> yeah. and you can see these these two um sort of crossed halberds and yeah there is a uh, opposite you obviously is this plain looking granite door with a single iron handle let me have a sit down and think about this i'm going to sit in one of the armchairs yeah you sit in the chair and nothing happens okay get my breath back did we just get a chat by our own shadows yes we did well that's a new one if you can't trust your own shadow who can you trust eh that's a very good point. Uh, I, um, I'm not, not a big fan of this place. Gotta no. tell you. No. No, when I see that skull fella, let me tell you. Ugh. Boy, I think that's better. Shall we? Right, Trasher. Let's go push this door. Give me a strength check, please. 14. With a 14, you give this door with its handle a gigantic yank mm. and you realise that this is extremely heavy. Mm. Uh, way more so than any of the doors you've encountered in this place thus far. It's going to take the strength of 10 men to open this. Okay. Uh, can I inspect the two shields, please? How do you inspect the shields? Uh, I'm going to try and take one off the wall if I can. As you take the shield off the door, you can see that the um, halberds and the shields immediately spring to life, as if wielded by some invisible force. Roll initiative. First up is going to be the butler. I'm going to try and yeah, disarm it from the invisible thing. Give me an agility roll. So I've got a four. You run up, yank on the halberd, and do not manage to pry it free from which whatever invisible force is holding this. Oh, well, I tried. A for effort, mate. Thank Next you. up are going to be the animated shields and halberds. One of them takes a swipe at the butler and it swipes oh. you, barely just scraping your ankle doing two damage. Oh. The next one takes a swipe at Grim, hitting you and does three damage as it swipes into your arm. Next up is going to be Grimald. Is that any way to treat a guest? Yeah, false manipulation. 
Okay, you're casting Force Manipulation. Right, Roll okay. Spell. 19. You immediately call up a wall of force in front of you, separating you from these phantasms. You, they, they are now unable to attack. You see them sort of clanging against this wall of force, and their their weapons just making these, uh, making these, making these sort of harsh sounds against your wall of force. <laughs> we figured that. They are unable to hit you. However, your way back to the tomb room is now sort of blocked yeah. off, and your only exit is this gigantic door that you were unable to open. Butler, come on! See if I can open. See if we can't open this door together. Right, you are, sir. I'm going to try as hard as I can. On three. Give it a good old pull. One, two, three. Fifteen. Twenty-one. You give a, a uh, yank on this door as hard as you can, but it doesn't manage to do it. Then the butler runs up and just yanks it free. Both of you then then spill through the door, tumbling outward onto another area, and you open the door before you and see a large cave. There is no floor, just an abrupt drop-off into darkness past the doorway. In the middle of this large open space is the top of a 50-foot wide column which leans at a slight angle. The edge of this column is about 10 feet away from the door's threshold. At the centre of the circular top of the column is a gleaming silver skull surrounded by a white powder arranged in a white circle around it. But you guys are currently tumbling towards the edge of this gigantic column. Give me a reflex save to see if you don't fall off the end. Mm. Fucking hell. 21. 16. Oh! Oh my goodness! I warmed up that door for you. Yes, you did, sir. You are a mighty, mighty man. Thank you. Uh, So now you are stood atop this gigantic, huge, huge column. You can see this silver skull here. And he is just sitting there. It's just a silver skull doing pretty much nothing at this moment, surrounded by a white powder. Has it got a body? No. Just just a head. Just a head. Just a giant head. Um, Daniel. Daniel! Can you sense any, um... Friend of yours? Animation? Look, I'm not just... Uh, before, I used to hang out with a gang of skeletons. I wasn't just a head. Remember, you guys remove my body. I don't just... I don't just hang out with a bunch of skulls. I don't know this guy. But, no. But can you sense he's animated or anything? Only as well as you guys. Silver Skull. As you say this, you see that immediately a bunch of uh, spells sort of fire out of the skull. <laughs> But they do fortunately miss you. Uh, a bunch of arcane energy just flying around all over the place. Whoa! Yeah. Right, don't talk to it. Yeah, I think we just break it. Both of you roll initiative. Butler, what you see immediately is that the skull begins to glow, right? Mm-hmm. And immediately, as it glows, you see Grim's head turn into a silver skull. Now, Grim, you are immediately possessed with this overwhelming urge to kill your friends, both Daniel and the butler. What the hell has happened here? Get away from me! Uh, Get away from me! And you feel your voice being over-resisted by this thing and it just goes... It's me, the Silver Skull, aka Duke Sondheim the First. And I'm I'm gonna basically see you guy, butler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chew on your dick. 
I'm gonna eat out all your entrails, I'm gonna chuck you in that river below, send you to the 417th level of hell, where you'll meet the dark powers, be sent royally insane, and that's where you're gonna die and feast on your own entrails for the rest of your life, and be fed them until for, for kind of like an eternity, okay? Wow, you've really thought about this, but... I know, I love this stuff, I uh, feed on it, I, I scratch, I love it! Unfortunately, today is your unlucky day. And I've got and I've got the 13th son's daughter as well, and you wouldn't believe the fucked up things we're doing to her. Oh boy, it's joyous! So joyous! Grim, give me a will save to see if you can let your voice come through. Cool. Uh, 11. With an 11, you've managed to get a few words out. <laughs> Shut up. Butler, it's your turn. I'm just gonna try and go over to the silver skull on the floor and attempt to attack it with my short sword to damage it. I got a 14. You do manage to sort of boff it with your sword, and as you do, you knock it slightly further towards the edge, and you see that your possessed friend Grim, with the silver skull on his head, sort of goes, No, stop! Okay, look, we can make a deal. We can make a deal. Right, what's this deal? Um, I've got things you might want. Probably not. Oh, how about this? How about this? I'll, uh, the, the, the daughter, the daughter of the Duke of the Thirteenth. You want her? I'll give you her. I mean, you wouldn't believe the shit we're doing to her. Uh, we could stop shut that. Up. We could stop that, shut though. Shut up. We could stop that. I expect you to stop that. <laughs> well, we won't if you hit, hit me over the edge. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Yes. Next up is going to be Grim. Mm -hmm. It is your turn. You are now completely possessed. Unless you succeed on a will save here, you're going to have to attack your friend. That is a 10. Fail. You would now do whatever you can to kill either Daniel or Butler. Uh, yes, yeah, so I suppose I walk towards the Butler and try to attack him with Daniel. <laughs> a 15 on a melee attack. That's going to be a hit. <coughs> Two damage. Grim with a silver skull type head walks up to Butler and just smacks him with the Daniel walking stick. And Daniel's like, I, I am not complicit in this. And you just smash him aside the head. Well, fuck. Next up is going to be the silver skull's turn, the one on the floor. And he uses a spell on the Butler. Uh, give me a will save, please. <laughs> 18. You see a bunch of eldritch strange energy emanating from this skull on the floor and it bursts into your f into your face and you feel this amazing sickness come over you. You feel you feel extremely drowsy, but you just manage to get yourself out of it. Look, please somebody do something. We we're, we're going to die. Working on it. Next up is going to be the butler. Pushing the skull off the edge. Okay, you run up and shove the skull off the edge, and then immediately you see this skull just sort of fly towards this the, the this river below. There's In this river, there's sort of an unnatural hole in, in water, as if that could even be possible. But this river, very, very far below this stony pillar that you find yourselves on, has a hole, and you see the skull just sort of float towards it unnaturally and get sucked below. <laughs> At this point, Grim, you find yourself back to normal. Get off me! Oh, hello. What happened? You saw it all happen. Stunk so. in there. Did it? Not brain. I forgive you. It was horrible. Uh, did I? Did I do something? What do you mean you forgive me? You hit me. With what? Daniel. <gasps> Daniel. It wasn't your fault. Butler. I took. I took one for you. So. I'm sorry. Did you take one for the team? I did. Thank you. I'm sorry. It still don't solve the problem, though. We ain't got the girl. 
Nah. Uh, the 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 guy said that it, that he would give us the gems if we found the girl, and we 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 we, could, we you, you know maybe we could have asked that skull guy some questions. You know where's the girl? Uh, he said that they're doing some awful shit to her. If we don't get to her soon, she's gonna be buggered to death. He possessed me. What am I supposed to do? And I was. Oh come on! A little possession ain't hurt nobody. Look, you're fine. I'm all right now. Joe, that was that was unnerving. Okay. Look, and now we're on top of this goddamn pillar. Look how high up we are. Shit. And as you look down, you can see that there is a river beneath you with a hole in it, as I said. Yeah. Um, to the left of it, you can see a big ring of what appears to be bones or something like this. Difficult to make out from up here. Um, there's a staircase to the to the northwest, a tunnel to the to the east. And uh, you can see that the river runs down into a waterfall going out of these caves to the south as well. But he's like, but how the hell do we get down from up here? Jump. We'll jump into the water? Yep. Ladies first. Wait, wait, wait. Let's not be hasty. I might be able to float us down here. <gasps> you got that levitate speed. Got levitate. Those, oh, you nearly made me say it loud enough for it to happen. <laughs> Careful. Got that spell. Right, get close, boys. Here we go. Levitate. 22. So with a 22, not only are you levitating these mm -hmm. guys, but you create a platform of levitation that you can move at yeah. will. You guys jump onto this little invisible platform. It worked! <laughs> and you levitate down to the ground, mm -hmm. softly and gently. Where are you going? Let's go look at the circle. Uh, with the circle to the to the west, you can see that at this place in the rocky cavern floor, there is a disturbing arrangement of bones, a collection of skulls that has been arranged in a circle with a skeleton at its centre. There are twelve skulls mm. arrayed in an equidistant around the circle. No, not quite equidistant. One place is an empty slot marked by a carven depression, so there are thirteen slots and only twelve skulls. Mm. The skeleton at the centre of the circle is missing its skull and is quite clearly composed of bones from different sources. Well, sir, I think um, we should possibly take one of the skulls so the ritual cannot happen and then go float somewhere else. What do you mean, like a tea leaf one? Yes. Great idea. Okay. Let me try and get us over here. You float the levitation platform past this um, circle of skulls, and as you do so, you lean off the side and quickly pick one up. That's right put it in your inventory and you've now got one of the skulls breaking the circle and then where are you floating off to i reckon as we're here we have the ability to search so i reckon if we float to the waterfall mm -hmm. don't go down it and just have a look what over the edge yeah just have a look see yeah what's sure. there. Uh -huh. hold on here we concentrate yeah. okay as you go over to the um, waterfall you can see that the river passes out of the natural cave mouth into the daylight beyond where it then crashes down the cliff face in a cloud of mist. Okay. Right, well, I go down there. No, not yet. Right, let's get over to this uh, this structure over here. And you float over to a cave on the east side of the cavern, which appears to be man-made as you approach it. Right, end of the road, guys. Oh, I was having fun. That was fun. That was brilliant. I have to remember that one from my party tricks. Right, come on, you ready, Daniel? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go in. Let's continue the adventure. Let's find a goddamn girl. 
Yeah, let's find a girl. Save the day. You hop off of your um, levitation platform and you can feel that it dissipates eventually. And you go down this man-made cave, which is very, very smooth stone, and it eventually makes way to a room made from hammered sheets of polished brass. In the centre of the room is a brass pedestal supporting a massive tome with metal plates for pages. In two of the room's corners are ten-foot-tall statues of armoured fighting men. So we know a thing or two about statues and shit by this point. You don't disturb them or they start attacking you, right? Yep. Good, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, but look, looks like a spell book. That does look handy, I gotta be honest. But is that what they want us to think? Very bright in here. Give me a bit of headache. Yeah, all this brass. Jeez, can you see any other door, butler? You'd see no other doors in this place. It no. appears that this room has been made to house this book and mm -hmm. these statues. Okay. No, sir, I can't. I can't. No. Right. Well, is the book shut? It is. Okay. Right. Can I go and not touch the book, but inspect the front cover a bit more closely? Yes. As you look at the book, you can see that it's got some mysterious ancient writing on it. What languages do you speak? I speak common pixie and gnome. It appears to be none of these languages, okay. sadly. <laughs> I don't know what language that is. Nothing I've seen before. I, I, I don't speak it. It's probably like Buddhist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. probably like like horseradish or something like it that. Definitely like gnomish. Mm. No. No, a gnome books are tiny anyway. True. Yeah, they are true. Like pamphlets. <laughs> right. Well, I don't really want to touch it, lest we anger the statues. Because we've already been attacked by shadows and disembodied shields. Oh, Just pick up the damn book, and then, and then if they get angry, put it back. Nope. Okay, maybe that's bad advice. Shall I try and open the book? Nope. No. But I am quite curious to know what's inside. Sir, I, as your advisor. Yep. I advise you against it. Okay, well then, you volunteered to so go open the book. You, you did do that, butler. You, you are right, you advised them against it. That means you got to open it. Yeah. It's okay, the, it's, I've it's got the, an idea. You start running away. Yeah. And I'm just going to try and swipe it and run with us. I wouldn't do that to you. I'll stand here poised, ready to spring into action should we need to. Yeah, but wait a minute. That means that I'm going to be used as a weapon. So if you're poisoned, then that means that I'm poisoned too. So you... No, poised. Oh, for God's sake. No, poising. God damn Boys, right. Sorry, it's my accent. I come from a faraway land. I've got a better idea. Daniel, I'm going to lean you over with your mouth. Open the book. Okay. You you hold Daniel out and use him as kind of a page-turning tool. <laughs> yeah. As you do so, um, you open the pages and you can see that there are some uh, pages actually um, in written in common there. And he's like, this stuff is uh, written in common. This is a... Well, it's got some, it's got some weird fucking text. It's just describing locations. It's got one about, oh dear, oh no. Uh, what? Keep turning them. Yeah, keep turning. Okay, there's something about a place called the Plain of Water. Yeah. And one called the 417th level of hell. Right. I know which, I know which place I'd rather go on my vacation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh. It says here the 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 the, the plain of water. It says it says uh, you're you're on a sandy beach, 
the, 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 the it's, it's got deadly fish, strange fishmen, and living water creatures. And as he starts reading the page, you notice the rooms start to go all wobbly and strange, and that you guys are uh, like feel this this strange portally type feeling going all around you, and you're becoming mist. And he's like, "Should I keep reading?" No, uh, wait, just stop for a second. Pick up the book with your mouth. Can you pick up the book with your mouth? And you hear him, you, you, and you see him sort of just go, Got it, tight. Got it. Let's go. And you're now standing back in the main portion of the cavern. He's like, what, what, what are we going to do with this man? If this, if this thing can transport us to the plane of water, well, surely this thing can transport us back to the plane of ho ho homeland. That would be nice. But it's only, surely if it's only a rotten about homeland. But it's got the power. Okay, so currently we got two chapters in the goddamn book. The plane of water and the 417th level of hell. We'll leave that one out. Are you from either of these places? No. Well, then, uh, shit. We're, we're out of luck. Um, I've got an idea. Yeah. If I write about our hometown, we may be able to get back there someday. Ooh. Got a pen? I do have um some blood. <laughs> get a bit grim here, innit? Yeah, but you know where you know how it is in all these magic books, it's always written in blood or pig's blood or semen Joe, or a fluvia. <laughs> in all rituals, they never just write in goddamn ink, do they? Yeah, I've often wondered that. We've got to go one better, ain't they? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I'm right in, in cow's pat. Jesus. I know you mean. No, I mean, I, I haven't written it in Ceremonies, that, but... man. It's never it's never simple, is it? No. So, as you read about the plane of water, everything becomes misty. And then it looks like we're going to be transported there. You ready for a trip, boys? Uh, should we? Okay. Not really, no. No. Thing is... Daniel, you breathe underwater. I do, yes, but uh, are you guys any good with that? Can, mm -hmm. can you swim? Uh, Actually, I saw how well you did last time you had to swim. You nearly got damn drowned. Yeah, like I said before, uh, you know, even though I do look like a fish, I'm not too good in the water. It was a sick, sick joke. Can I try and um, see what the cover of the book says with my read languages? You certainly can. 21. Yeah, you, you sort of spend some time trying to determine these runes, and you determine that we on the front, you it says the something of planes. Oh. Oh, so I've... This, I can't make this What have out. you deciphered? It's the... Of planes. I don't know what that's... The of planes. Strange name for a tome, but... A, the elf planes. The, no, there's a word in between. I just can't, I just can't make it out. Okay. Well, well done. You done well. Yeah, thank you. I don't mean to be Captain Bring Down, but what are we gonna? Are we gonna be standing here all day to sucking our dicks, or are we gonna get on with something? Well, we got three options. No, sorry, two. Because judging by what that Silver Skull guy said, that poor Daisy, she's probably uh, she's probably a cube of beef by now. Oh and we, God, we, yeah. we really gotta get. Got get, to save her. Oh, I missed that her. cube of beef. Right, so it's either jump down the black hole, jump off the waterfall, or read the book. Okay, so where is she likely to be? You guys, tell me. 
Which one are we going to do? Down, Read the book, down the hole, down the waterfall. I think that it's gone where the skull was. Do you remember how weirdly it directed itself at the hole? So you want to jump down big black hole? The it, hole was is like it was. It, it purposely went in there and not towards the original trajectory that I pushed them off. If you in. go down the hole, can I stay here? No. Okay. No, we're all going together, but we've got the book. Let's follow the skull. Let's follow that silver shit. Right. I'll go first, then, shall I? All right, out You guys approach the river and jump down the hole. And as you do so, you see the cavern disappear behind you. Mm. And you are now in a dark, sweltering cave. The air is extremely hot, still and oppressive. The walls are coal and other dark stones. And the low ceiling seems to go on for miles in every direction. Well, that could have been worse, let's be honest. Just a dang cold cave. Leads it ain't instant death. But your attention is quickly diverted by the screaming nearby. Oh shit. Looking in that direction, you see the Duke's daughter bound in the midst of a pentagram, while a spindly barbed devil approaches her with a wicked dagger in its hand. And you can see the silver skull on the floor as well. Roll initiative. Oh god. Grimald. You are up first. You can see this hideous beast looking at you. It roars. <laughs> Oi, get away from her! And you nasty looking shit. She's like, false manipulation! Right. So you cast false manipulation. Roll yeah. spell. Uh, so it's a critical failure. You encase yourself in a force bubble. You are encased in it for three rounds. <laughs> Next uh, up is going to be the butler. What the hell have you gone and done now? Done a bubble on myself. Don't look at me. Attack him. <laughs> right, you are, sir. Um, yeah, just gonna go run up and try and attack. Um, 16. That's gonna be a hit. Yeah. Roll damage. Five damage. You run up and swing your sword at the devil. Yeah. And as you do so, you slash into it and you see this black oozing blood start spilling out of its mm. stomach. The barbed creature looks at you, its eyes glowing and hisses at you. Loads of phlegm just falls out of its horrible spiny mouth. Ew, that is disgusting. Please, please don't. Ah, boy. Next up is going to be the silver skull. It is going to fling magic missiles at both of you. As it does so, you see these arcane energy bolts fly at you, missing entirely, hitting into the coals on the wall. Then, the barbed devil takes an attack, and it is going to go for the butler. It hits, hitting you with a spiked dagger, three damage. It stabs you in the shoulder, and you start to bleed uncontrollably it is really really painful as it yanks it out and then you can see some of your blood sort of fly through the air and go into the devil's mouth next up is going to be grim give me a strength check to see if you can get out of your bubble uh, 10 that is going to be a failure you push against the walls of the bubble it squeaks but you cannot get out yeah next up is going to be the butler i'm going to try and attack him with my short sword 18 Six damage. You run up and then with your short sword slash at the devil again. You can see that the black ooze comes out again and this thing appears to be extremely, extremely pissed off as you slice into him. Next up is going to be the silver skull once again. It fires off a volley of magic missiles. This time it appears to be in some uh, desperation, although showing no emotion, but it goes straight for the duke's daughter. <gasps> blasting her and you can see 
a load of entrails coming <gasps> out of her. She's not dead, but she is severely, severely blasted. And she starts to scream. Next up, the devil takes his turn, and he's going to go for Grimald in the bubble. He thinks that you're doing some sort of weird arcane spell, and goes to slash at the bubble. He hits it, and it does burst. But then, as he does so, he goes to puke on you, some sort of weird stuff comes out of his mouth and, and it just pours all over you. Thank you! I mean, uh, no! You're going to take three damage from the puke. This stuff burns you as it is. It burns ah. into your face. Oh, put me back in my bubble. Next up is going to be Grim. No one throws up on this beautiful purple suit and gets away with it. I was saving this, but now you're in trouble. Here, shake it up. Have a wasp in a jar. You've shaken up and the wasp in a jar is really bloody annoyed. I'm going to roll randomly to see who it goes for. Oh, no. And you see the wasp stinger in the arm. She's like, <laughs> the butler. Okay, I'm going to try and run over to the girl and undo her. Okay, give me an agility roll. Let's see if you can untie her. 14 overall then. With a 14, you do manage to untie her bonds. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of her insides are now outsides, <laughs> but you do manage to untie her and you drag her just off to the side of the pentagram that was on the floor. And she's trying to put some of her guts back in. Give me a horror check, please, both of you. 18. Six for Grim. Suddenly, Grimald is overcome by a strange fascination by all of this gore that's on the floor. Ooh. <laughs> Look there. Why them insides have become outsides quite fascinating. Let me have another look. Next up is going to be the Silver Skull. Okay, he fires off a volley of magic missiles going for the daughter once again. <laughs> he blasts her in the face. Her head erupts in a gigantic mountain of gore, wow. flying all over the place, splattering in Grimald and the butler's face. Wow! But I've got red, red glasses on. Like big bloody fireworks. Wow. And then the devil's going to take his turn. He runs at the butler, slashing at him. And he does... Three damage with his barbed dagger. You, you take a gigantic slash across the throat. Not deep enough to kill, but certainly enough to really, really maim. Next up is going to be Grim. I want to see what your guts look like, demon boy. Come here. Colour spray! Uh, that's a 16. You can blind two foes. They fail on their will save, so yes. the Silver Skull and the Devil are now blinded for three rounds oh, now. And good work. you see them, uh, and you see the Devil just clutching at his eyes. He drops his barbed dagger to the floor. It hits the floor, clanging down. And the Silver Skull obviously is just an inanimate skull on the floor, but you imagine he's bloody annoyed. <laughs> And next up is going to be the butler's turn. Cool. I'm going to use sneak silently and hopefully backstab the devil. Perfect. Roll yes. sneak silently. Unnatural 20. You sneak round to the back of the devil. In all this confusion, all the roaring and the and the stuff like this, you manage to get round to the back of him without him noticing. Give me a, give me a melee attack roll and add backstab. 16. That is going to hit, so that's an Woo. automatic crit. 10 damage overall. You walk up behind this motherfucker and pierce him right where the kidneys should be if he were a man. And you notice that he starts screaming and roaring. You've certainly killed this guy as he goes down like a sack of demon shit. And he is completely immobile on the floor. And you notice after a short amount of time that he turns to a pile of ash on this hellish red floor. Oh, I want to look at his guts. Uh, you notice that suddenly 
Daniel starts to speak, but it's with a different voice. Oh man, okay, look, I can tell you guys are better than, than, uh, than you look, okay? Look, I give up, I yield, all right? If you could beat a, a, a de 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 devil from the 14, 417th level of hell, uh, I'm gonna, look, I'll come with you guys. All right, I'll uh, be your new best friend. How about that? How about now? No more killing. I didn't kill anybody. You okay, killed I'm that girl. That was an accident. I'm and just gonna go over. Uh, I'm gonna just try and break him. With I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up in the air and try and double foot him. Stamp him. Okay, yeah. give me a strength roll. Double foot stamp. Fifteen. You run up jump onto the skull and just as you jump through the air the the daniel possessed version of the skull goes no please and then you just smash into it sending it scattering into 50 silver pieces which you can now put into your inventory the silver skull is defeated the demon is defeated but you now stand in this hot hot area of the 417th level of hell what would you like to do hi daniel Right, first Yo, I'm of all. back. I'm back. Yo, how's it going? How did the fight go? Where Good. Nice to have you back, Daniel. But, Butler, next time you're going to make such a rash decision, like jumping on the skull, do I run it past your boss first? I mean, it works out fine. You know, we've got some money. Great. But, know your place, young man. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, uh, oh. That had gone wrong. Right? We didn't have any thinking about it. He just went in, jumped straight on it, boom. See where I'm coming from? He's, he's got a point. I mean, uh, you know, an ornately made silver skull uh, with magical powers is worth a lot more than the 50 silver pieces. That's no money at all. But, never mind. It's it, fine. You've done well. But it was bad. It was never oh, no. out of trust. I know. You, I guys know. Stand, you guys stand there sweating your bollocks off. <laughs> it's incredibly hot. Oh, I hear it. Oh, God, take this wolf skin off, I think. Right, should we get out of here? Yes, please. Okay, everyone come round me. Mm, levitate! <laughs> you are now standing back outside and are outside on the fields. Right, who's going to explain to everybody that we've killed the daughter and the joke? We'll blame it on the demon. It's fine. Um, maybe, we better bring some evidence back. Maybe maybe we can disguise myself as the duke for a mere for a mere few days to get to get the town not in upheaval. That could work. Maybe we should just avoid going back to town altogether. Should we just hey, move well, on? That's a better idea. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I just really wanted to go to the club and eat that food again. Yeah, I did want to go to the club. But I don't want to explain to the townsfolk that we have destroyed all their uh, monarchy. Well, as long as the you know the, the the death isn't approaching them, I think we're good. Yeah, well, let's just hope that flying thing don't return, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, town. Uh, well, we did we did come up trumps, didn't we? Yeah, we still alive, though, aren't we? All right, then I suppose. <laughs> Back to square one. Dan, lead the way.
that is another episode of Raven Lord. Okay. So um, that time we actually played a uh, published uh, DCC module that I thought fit really well with uh, the Ravenloft setting. Um, so Corvia is a real place from uh, a real place from Ravenloft, um, but uh, the this adventure is the Thirteenth Skull, ah. um, which is a uh, an adventure by Joseph Goodman. Wicked. Yeah. I was inserted. Yeah, DCC into the Ravenloft world. Wiki. Yeah, and it's really really cool. So um, yeah, uh, that that was that was really. I cool. loved it. That was also I loved all the skulls. I tell you what. Oh, we've still got a skull as well. We yeah. One. yeah, yeah. I took it to the ritual could never make place, but we've killed one anyway. I tell you what, it's awesome. Yeah, because the end of last episode, we said how every end of episode is like, oh, I'm petrified, I'm scared. I tell you what, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this, and I feel happy rather than. But the boss did. Rather than being really all, well the, all worn the, out and yeah. scared at the end. of You that. were tough. You done really well yeah, in that dungeon. Man. I'm fucking grim, floating around in a bubble. <laughs> I like the fact that you ended the fight by doing that wicked sneak attack as well. Yeah. The color spray, the levitate spell came in really handy as I well when you made that. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was cool because. Um, that was rolled randomly as well when when I was just making a bunch of random shit to put into the uh, into the chest because I thought if those old um, wolf guys kill adventurers they'd have a bunch of adventurer gear yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. sitting around shitting around shitting around <laughs> all over the place um, yeah that, that's a really good adventure what I like I about it is that, that when you get down to that crypt below mm. there's like you can go a bunch of different ways and um, oh, that's what I love about DCC oh we've got that book ones. as well oh my god we've got that the book, book of planes yeah. yeah so yeah it's pretty cool I've got one of the funny things about that a little little spoiler because obviously you're not going to return but one of the cool things is, is that to get there's two ways you can get to the top of that tower uh-huh. um, you know the one where you originally found the skull yeah. either you the way that you went where you just bowled through and accidentally landed on the top of it <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. like the harder way to get through oh, right. or you can you know, when you first got to that crypt of tombs mm-hmm. you can go into the 13th um, coffin which is what oh, he said yeah. originally Butler went in and went um, maybe we should open number 13 That's and then you guys that. sort of lost track because yeah, you were getting yeah, tapped of course. and then you just like, oh that takes you to there then yeah well no it yeah. takes you down to the bottom of yeah. the of the um, uh, like the caverns mm-hmm. wow. so yeah you chose a different way but yeah cool. It's a really cool adventure. I, really I, like that oh, I love their maps as well. If anyone listening, oh, you are fans of DCC. Oh, if you're not accustomed to the the, the art at DC in DCC, then so oh, good. Their maps, they're that. drawn beautifully, right? Oh. Because they're even that this literally really comprehensive detail, but you just got to look out for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's there. Oh, it's all there. You just got to know what you're looking at. It's fantastic. But yeah, I liked that adventure. I think it had a good horror tint to it. And yeah, it really that was well, a good so. one. Really enjoyed that. All right. Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, everyone, for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, you can do so. We're on uh, tabletoptwats at gmail.com. We're on Google+, Plus, although that's sort of dying down now. So we're on MeWe. MeWe. Yeah, Although I think it's... I think it's, it? I think it's Mew, but I like yeah, calling it MeWe. I like MeWe better. MeWe's yeah, yeah. <laughs> better. So just search for Tabletop Twats on there. And or on Twitter, of course, uh, at Tabletop Twats. And uh, lastly but not leastly... Patreon. Yeah, if you want to, if you like what we do then and, and want to see more of these, uh, then please chuck us a few bucks on Patreon. Because we had a few characters named after... Uh, named after patrons as well which yes. is something we do if you donate to us so uh, Duke Douglas Sondheim was named after Douglas Sondheim on Patreon and also Todd and Carson the two guys named mm-hmm. after uh, people there and Zoe was named after Owen Lean but it was Zoe Lean but you never asked her full name <laughs> oh so. right <laughs> fair uh, enough yeah so fair enough that, that was uh, yeah that was um, so those were all named after our patrons so so yeah if you want to be a character in the show then by all means do, do that 
do that. And even if you don't but want to support us, then just uh, give Slingers a buck, please. Yeah, Slingers please do. We love it. Um, we recycle it back into the show, of course. And then we now we've got to a level where we're going to start doing more regular online games. Uh, kicking it off this uh, this Friday with Cold Warning. You two are in there? Yeah, man. We're oh, playing. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of fans in there. So we've got Matt Stark, Jamie Pearson, and Daniel Irwin. Who and Daryl Cartier. Daryl Cartier. Yeah. So um, da- Daniel Irwin is actually one of the patrons who's Daniel Oh, the God, Skull. yes. The Skull's playing with us. Skull. Yeah, so... <laughs> With the uh, I'd like to record it, but with the with the players, I don't know if it's going to be recordable. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Sorry, I'm just putting my way the dice. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. That is it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. this talk about skulls and skeletons, I was going to tell a skeleton pun, but I didn't have the guts. See you next time, ladies and gentlemen, on the Raven Lord. <laughs>